for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Keith Law, who covers minor league baseball for the Athletic, and he just put out his rankings on your San Francisco Giants. A lot of people excited about Marco Luciano. A lot of people a little upset about what happened with Joey Bart last year and his limited production in the short time that he was at the big league level. Is he up or is he down on Keith Law's rankings? All stuff we'll talk about with Keith, who joins me next. It's Monday, February 22nd. It's a pleasure now to welcome in Keith Law. He covers prospects for The Athletic, and he just put out his piece on the Top Giants prospects. So perfect time to have him on with spring training getting going. Keith, how are you, man? Great to uh, have you on the podcast. I'm good, thanks. How about you? I'm doing well. I imagine this time in June are your two uh, your two really busy times when everybody's hitting you for hits on the pods, right? Yes, although this year June will be July because they've moved the draft back, which is absolutely fine with me because it keeps the draft away from my birthday. <laughs> okay, nice, dude. So you get to get to hang out for your birthday, have a few pops maybe, and uh, enjoy some ball instead of doing all the work. It will be the most relaxed birthday I've had in 20 years. Now, I imagine that time of the year is always busy, but this time of year, like you got a bunch of guys, you're putting out your prospect list. How have you gathered the information? How has that process been over the last year for you? Uh, it sucked. There's not really a better way to say it. It's been terrible. You know, I prefer to see players myself whenever possible. Now I'm one person and I don't have an infinite travel budget, so I recognize there are limitations, but I have done reasonably well with the help of things like the Futures game and Arizona Fall League, and I go out for, to see draft guys, and I can drive to a lot of minor league games right here. I live in Delaware, so there's plenty nearby. Usually I see a lot of guys, and not only does that help me write about those players, but it helps to make for better conversations when I talk to scouts, because that's a huge part of my research process, talking to scouts. This past year, I haven't been to a game since the second week of March last year, and there was no minor league season. There were no scouting looks and there's no data, no performance data, no stack cast data from that. There was some instructional league and I knew some scouts who went to see those some teams in instructional league. And so I certainly talked to them. But the primary thing I did this year was just talk to executives with all 30 teams and say, all right, how'd your guys do? And that is not optimal. Not that I think anyone's deliberately misleadingly, but certainly if you work in baseball, you like your own guys. Everybody does. You know, I worry about information being incomplete in these. And I worried about falling too much in line maybe with what teams were saying to me about some of their own players, but there's nothing else I could do. I know I did the best I could do in the circumstances. I just don't like the circumstances. Yeah. Those sound like very legit, real, not concerns, but like it's tough to evaluate somebody truthfully if some of the guys you haven't seen and the team is just telling you this guy did a fantastic job. How do you think teams, and I want to get to some of the players in a minute, how do you think teams did with evaluating their own talent? I mean, the Giants had a bunch of guys out in Sacramento. Was it tough to tell maybe how well Joey Bart was playing in, in a bunch of scrimmages? The problem I have with any alternate site, and this, is, this isn't specific to the Giants or Joey Bart or any of that, is they're not real games. Teams were trying to make them look a bit more like real games, but you might have one team told me they had a PR guy shagging flies in the outfield. Games, one day they'd be three innings and one day they'd be seven innings, depending on how many pitchers they had and who needed to throw on that particular day. And the number one problem I have with them is that you're playing your teammates. You know, they're kind of your friends. They're your work friends, I guess. That guy, Seth Corey, is not trying to bust 97 in on your hands and risking breaking your hemate bone. So... It's not the same. And you as a hitter can approach differently when you know that guy's not going to throw his hardest fastball right in on your hands. And so it's just not real. And when one team told me, oh, this guy hit 12 home runs for us at the alternate site this summer, I said, okay, I don't really know what to 
do with that. There's no means for comparison. I don't know who he hit those off of. Was the PR guy throwing that day? It's, it's, it's entirely possible. So, you know, if they told me a guy changed mechanics and they could describe it to me in fairly specific terms, great. Oh, so-and-so had a, was regularly hitting exit velocities of 100 miles an hour plus. Okay, that's a little more tangible. I can do something with that. I think that that's something that teams are going to see or deal with this year after an entire you know lost season of minor league baseball where some of the evaluation is not up to speed or up to snuff, right? Yes, that's absolutely. And I mean, we're going to have a lot of guys who are going to jump. Essentially, they didn't play in 2020, but will be treated as if they did and jumped another level. And so imagine you went from low A in 2019, didn't really face any real pitching in 2020, and now you go to double A because your age says so or because there are guys behind you who need to play somewhere else. And so everybody just kind of gets moved up because we don't have a better solution this year. We're going to see a lot of weird stuff at the early part of the season. And I would say, this is not just to Giants fans, this is just fans in general. I always say don't really get serious about minor league stats or performances till we get to about Memorial Day anyway. This year especially though, do not panic. A lot of kids are going to be asked to make big jumps when they haven't faced real competition in over a year. Yeah, it's going to be tough, and especially for some of the guys who are really young, and maybe that's where we start at the top of the list, and Giants fans are really excited because they look around the NL West and they see Fernando Tatis Jr. You see Corey Seager has now been around for a few years, but he was a top young prospect. For the Dodgers, Gavin Lux is one that's coming up, and the Giants are like, where's mine? And Marco Luciano may be that guy, but as you mentioned, he's a young player, super young, has not played above rookie ball, really. He's looking now to play a full season of professional baseball. As you said, this isn't a perfect science. Not a lot of people have seen these guys play. What can you tell us about the ceiling and the floor, maybe, for a guy like Marco Luciano? The ceiling is pretty exciting. It's why I had him ranked 31st overall, is that you know you could get a shortstop who's going to hit for power and enough else with the bats who hit for enough average with some on-base skills, too, that he could be a superstar. He could be a top five player in the National League. I think there are a couple of risk factors here. I mean, the floor, he's going to play in the big leagues. I don't think this is a guy who just never gets out of double A, you know, which is is certainly true of, you would say is true of a lot of teenage prospects, even if they do have high ceilings. But I think Luciano's got more than enough of, of multiple different things to say. He will play somehow in the big leagues. I think the biggest risk is that he could outgrow shortstop. He's not particularly fleet-footed. He's a shortstop now. He doesn't have to move off immediately for defensive reasons, but there's a pretty good chance he ends up in another position. And we are going to have to see how well he hits better pitching. You know, so far, so good. All the indicators are positive. But a lot of these teenage prospects, when they get out to full-season ball or what used to be the Northwest League, which was the advanced short-season league in which the Giants had, a, had an affiliate, that suddenly you've got guys who throw a little harder, guys who can locate their off-speed stuff a little better, and we don't really know. We think we know. We often have some guess based on what we've seen from them so far, but a lot of guys, they just move up to the next level and they're a little less advanced or a little more advanced than we thought in terms of their ability to handle better quality stuff and pitchers who are better at locating it. We'll know a lot more on Luciano by really probably by the middle of this year. I think we'll have seen him enough against better quality pitching. I think the quality of low A pitching may be a little bit better anyway because some guys who throw hard but teams were trying to manage their innings. They may just go to low A rather than keep them in extended spring all year. So guys like Luciano and, and Matos and Pomaros, we may just get more of a read on them early because they're facing better velocity. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Do you personally ever, and, and I know the NBA is huge on this, do you try to avoid individual player comps? Like I saw one for Luciano that was Alfonso Soriano, and I think fans get excited about that. But do you like that stuff or do you avoid that stuff? I avoid comps unless they are, every once in a while I'll offer one. If I offer a player comp, it's because it is 
overwhelming to me. It's this player is so reminiscent of this other player, not just in look and in mechanics or swing or, or repertoire, but also in what I think the production will look like. I generally avoid them. And I'll tell you, Luciano is nothing like Alfonso Soriano. <laughs> I'll get that out of my head now then. We'll forget that one, man. There's obviously a lot of concern about same race comps. People don't like to compare right. oh, players yeah. across those lines. But I mean, honestly, a lot of them are just really bad. You know, and lots of scouts do them. A lot of teams want their scouts to do player comps. I've never liked it. I've never personally been that comfortable with it. I'd rather talk in terms of skill sets. And if I describe a skill set and you say, hey, that sounds a lot to me like player X, then I can say, yeah, they're similar in these four ways, and here's one way in which they're different. Yeah, it doesn't sound like Marco Luciano's getting ready to steal uh, 40 bags a year. It didn't sound like he was that kind of kind of fleet-footed. No, runner, I don't knows. think he is. <laughs> you know, I think he's a smart base runner, but he's not fast like that. Right, not like that. Hey, we mentioned Joey Bart before, and I just want to get a couple thoughts on him because uh, we saw a little bit of him last year, but to your point, like the, the evaluation of what we saw from him at the extended spring training side or the extended workout side for the minor leaguers, maybe not the level of competition he needs. A lot of guys come up and go back down and need to figure stuff out, but I've seen him drop on some prospect lists. What's the evaluation of the thought right now on Joey Bart? I don't think he's dropped on mine. I think he actually moved up on mine. Oh, did he move up bit. on yours? Okay. Yeah, I think he did. He may have dropped on some. Look, some people saw he was drafted second overall in his draft class. Therefore, he's a top 20 or top 30 prospect. Well, he wasn't. That was people, I think, maybe reacting to the draft status rather than to the player he actually was, which is the guy who's going to swing and miss a lot. He's a really good defensive catcher. He'll play, if he's healthy, he'll play 15 years in the big leagues as, as a catcher. Maybe at some point towards the end of that, he's more of a backup catcher than an everyday guy, but he's going to catch in the big leagues basically as long as his knees and his back were to allow it. You know, at the plate, he's power over hit, and he's always been that guy. It's funny, I actually saw him twice his draft year in college, and I think he went 0 for 9. There was just a lot of swing and miss, and I recognized, obviously, when I wasn't in the ballpark, he hit rather well, and I could see in BP there was huge power. But he's going to swing and miss a lot. And folks who saw him the year before and folks who saw him last year, too, saw that there were some issues between his recognition of secondary stuff and just how deep he loads his hands. There's going to be some difficulty him getting the bat hit on time for better velocity. Looks like teams were starting to pitch him a little bit more up and in with velocity because he wasn't adjusting to it. And when you get a guy looking there, okay, well, now we're going to go soft away because you're we've got you thinking a little bit more about velocity in or up and in. He's going through that now. And some of it will be a matter of experience and adjusting to that, but some of it is is kind of in his swing mechanics that he's going to have to work out to be able to make those adjustments. And he may end up a guy who hits 230 or 240 with a 300 on base and power and good defense behind the plate. That's a good player. That's not a superstar. That guy exists. I mean, that's a good evaluation, I think, of just pieces that we saw from him last year. That guy plays every day on 20-something teams in Major League Baseball, but probably doesn't make an all-star team. That's why it's so tough to hit as a catcher in the big league level. Just one more for you, just on the way out. A guy who the Giants took last year in the shortened draft, Kyle Harrison, left-handed pitcher, really young, talented kid out of De La Salle here in the Bay Area. People are excited about him. Obviously has not pitched uh, professionally at an extended level yet. The mechanics were a little wonky. Is he just kind of a raw talent guy right now, or what can you tell us about him? What I hear about him is he's not that raw. In fact, it's more present feel than, you know, in terms of command, in terms of sync on the fastball, in terms of understanding how to pitch. He's not very projectable, right? This is not a guy who's going to suddenly put on 20 pounds of muscle and then he's throwing 97. It's more, no, this is the stuff 
and he's pretty good, pretty advanced for where he is in terms of age and experience. Now it's a matter of just having him go up the ladder, face better competition, and continue to build up arm strength, build up durability to be able to get through a whole season. You know, I said, I'm going to read off my report here. He's as risky as the typical high school arm because they all get hurt and we don't, we're still not great at figuring out how to keep them all healthy, but has mid-rotation upside. And I actually would say he's probably not that far from his upside. It's not that we're waiting five years for all the velocity to come or for him to fill out. It's more he's just got to go through the steps. It's another guy I would say, you could probably start the season in extended spring. Maybe we'll keep you in the complex a little longer. But honestly, if he spends all of April in extended and, and the stuff is fine and he seems healthy, I'd send him out to low A and just let him go and say, Kai, we don't care if you have a 6 ERA. We are working on... Just a couple of specific things for you. Do not worry about the scoreboard. You're not going to be throwing six innings to start. We're just trying to ease you into this. Better for you to do it in actual games where there's championship at stake, minor league championship at stake. There's hopefully fans in the stands. You're under the lights. It feels more like real baseball. The complex leagues are fine for guys just starting out, but for guys you want to try to advance more quickly, get them out under the lights as soon as you can. Yeah, especially after the whole year off. But you're not quite ready to say he's Cliff Lee yet, right? You won't give us that comp? (laughs) No, I will not. Sorry. I do a sleeper for every team. At the bottom of the top 20, I, I list a sleeper. Now, last year, none of my sleepers really got to do much. Matos was my sleeper for the Giants last year, and he did move up my Giants rankings, but he's not in the top 100 yet. For me, a sleeper, it's like I'm saying this guy could jump into my top 100. I think Matos could do that. But I also said, let's get a second one in here since last year's is still in play, but let's pick a new name. Harrison was my guy. So there's a hitter and a pitcher for Giants fans to watch on the farm this year. Those are the two guys in their system I think could make big leaps this year. Keith, keep up the great work, man. We appreciate all the coverage you've been giving us. I know it has not been easy over the last year, but at least you get to uh, enjoy your birthday this year, man. So have a great one this summer, (laughs) and we'll catch up with you maybe around draft time. My pleasure. Great stuff from Keith Law and Luis Matos. Definitely a guy to pay attention to this year. Alexander Canario, another outfielder who's shooting up the Giants' rankings. Also, Sean Jelly, a guy who they can see shortly. And we didn't even get a chance to hit on Elliot Ramos, who projects to be in the major leagues at some point this year, hopefully Roman center field at Oracle Park. Thank you to Keith, thank you to Brian, and thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you're listening to us. Later this week, we'll dive into some more Warrior basketball. They're getting ready to wrap up the first half of the season. Steph Curry going to his seventh All-Star game. All stuff we can talk about in the coming days as they try to stay above 500 on this current road trip. Enjoy the week. We'll talk to you Wednesday.